Welcome to Figures in the Dark, the podcast where we tell stories of all things murderous, paranormal, and terrifying that goes on in the dark. Welcome! Hi, I'm Tori. I'm Taylor Shay, or Tay. And today is my first time presenting a case. Yeah, I am I'm so, so excited. excited. Um, like always, I've been talking about this case for probably two or three weeks at this yes. point. Um, and it's a case that uh, is very close to my heart. Um, I was... I know I don't know how to like start like yeah. I was I was freshly out of high school freshly into mm-hmm. college into a criminal justice major and it was in 2017 in Bucks County that four men went missing <laughs> um, and so that's kind of a little intro to what the case is about um, it ends in a very uh, gruesome way in a very sad way mm-hmm. um, but it's something that kind of rocked the small town of New Hope and the township of Solberry and even the town mm-hmm. that I grew up was not too far from there, so yeah. we all knew about it. We're always talking about it. Absolutely. Um, and I actually would drive by the farm where it happened all the time mm-hmm. um, because I, you know, would go to other towns to hang out with friends, and I would drive by. I remember seeing all of the news mm-hmm. vans, all of yeah. the... I heard the helicopters, like this, that, yeah. and the other. So this um, was, like, your home, your world, mm-hmm. everything just yeah. completely, like... Because, like, in a lot of these things, like, all of these true crime cases, they're so far removed. It's, like, big things that are mm-hmm. happening within the world. But this, like, genuinely shook mm-hmm. your town, your mm-hmm. family, your yeah. area. Well, th- like, thankfully, we didn't know, you know, the, the victims mm-hmm. or the or the person who, the people who committed the murders. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was still, like, you know, I come from a very small town. Like, it was mm-hmm. a one square mile, technically, city. And it was, the worst thing that happened was you got your bike stolen. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, having these four men from Bucks County, and you worked in Bucks County with me before, like, it's very, very, it's a nice area. And it's very small. It's kind of sheltered. Mm -hmm. It always seems, like, really quiet, like, nothing's going to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Like, just even walking around, like, Doylestown, like, Mm -hmm. all the time, it just... Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was... It, it's a very quiet town. You see it all the time on, like, the top ten places to mm-hmm. visit during the winter, like, during the yeah. fall. Like, it's it's a very small area. So when this happened, it kind of, you know, rocked that entire area. Um, so that's a little bit of intro. Um, and um, I'll... Okay. And I'm just super excited to hear about this. Because mm-hmm. you've been, like, kind of teasing that you're going to do this and, like, telling me, like, only small bits and pieces for a while. So I'm so excited to be able to hear about mm-hmm. this. Because this is a case I literally know nothing about mm-hmm. other than, like, the random stuff. Like, mm-hmm. people who were in this area said to me because yeah. I didn't grow up in Bucks County I didn't grow mm-hmm. up in PA at mm-hmm. all so like I had no concept of what anyone was talking about they were mm-hmm. like this is the craziest thing that's ever happened how do you not know anything about this mm-hmm. I'm like I didn't live yeah. here because, and it, yeah. it made national news but it wasn't like it was a very short you, you'll see the time frame that I give I think it was only about a week from when they went missing to when they were found wow. so it wasn't like a big time of time frame that well, that's good, they were least. gone so yeah but during that week do you remember if they ever did like curfews or things like that they I remember I had a friend who I'm not friends with anymore but mm-hmm. he was I want to say 17 years old and Mm -hmm. the youngest, the youngest guy who went missing in this case was 19 Okay, and he lived not even a mile away from where the farm was. And afterwards he was saying that like, he didn't mention this to me beforehand, but he was saying that his mom told him like, don't go out at night. Like you don't know what's going on. Like just be safe. So like as a woman, like I didn't have any of those, um, 
warnings because it was only it was yeah. for young men who were taken okay. and who, who were killed but That'd i remember like everyone constantly talking yeah. about it and even now like there was a documentary made by discovery id or some or id discovery or whatever it was that investigation thing. <laughs> investigation Plus. yeah, yeah that, that one yeah. um it was made probably in uh, i want to say 2020 mm-hmm. and it was about the the yeah. they call they call it the lost boys of bucks county which oh, wow. honestly i think mm-hmm. that was a really good name for it because mm-hmm. The, these four boys were from all ends of Bucks County. There was someone from Plumsteadville, someone from New um, Newtown, someone from Ben Salem. Like they were from all corners of mm-hmm. of Bucks County. So it was an interesting name. So it definitely, you know, it definitely rocked the town. Um, and it, I, like I said, I remember asking my professors when mm-hmm. I was in college because they were all adjunct professors. So that meant that they had full time jobs otherwise. And my one professor, I was taking. I want to say it was criminal justice administration which talked about like the police like their policies like it was like the policy and the paperwork behind police work lawyer work all that type of stuff and it was i think it was uh i started at delaware valley in 2019 so it was about two years after the murders had happened and i had a um, professor who said he was a buckingham police officer and i was like oh that's around the area that Mm -hmm. um that the the murders happened and i asked him i was like Hey, professor, have you, were you aware, like, did you have anything to do with these murders? Like, did you participate? And he was like, yeah, I did. And I was like, do you mind me, like, asking what you did? He was digging up the bodies. Oh, wow. It was, it was a multi-police, yeah. like, this is one of the only cases I've read that I think there was excellent police work done. It was like, because, you know, you hear all yeah. these cases of yeah. multiple police, yeah. multiple jurisdictions just dropping the fucking ball. Yeah, and being territorial mm-hmm. or, like... Yeah, thankfully, like, yeah. it was, the FBI was brought in pretty quick, so I think okay. that helped, but it yeah. was, like, Solbury Township, every, when the... When the boys went missing, mm-hmm. all those police departments also were involved. So, like, Newtown Police Department, mm-hmm. Ben Salem Police Department, Middletown Police Department, uh, New, Hope's, New Hope uh, Township Police Department, Solbury Township, the FBI, the PA wow. State Troopers. Like, it was a joint task force that really got the fucking job done. Um, and you can, I'll put, when we post pictures for this case, I'm going to post a picture of the farm. And it's, it's mm-hmm. 90 acres. It's a big-ass farm. Oh, wow. And that it was, was horrible to try It to was. And honestly, I, I think if the murderer hadn't confessed, we would have never found them or if we did it would it would have been months or years later because it's such a big expanse and it was farmland and if anyone Mm -hmm. listening knows Bucks County it is farmland so it was a big area um but it was you can you I remember driving by and seeing news news um What's it called? Oh, New, yeah. Weird question. But yeah. this farm specifically, do you know, was it like a cattle farm? Did they do like crops? Like- um, I'm not sure from what I read and I'll kind of get into it as well. Mm-hmm. Like the, the family who purchased it, mm-hmm. um, the DiNardo family, mm-hmm. they had a lot of money. Okay. Um, and so they actually had a primary residence in Ben Salem and they oh, used okay. this, this, yeah. ca- this farm in New Hope in order to go like hunt right atv so oh, okay. i think it's more of like a farm okay. in a it, rather than an active farm the only reason mm-hmm. why i ask was because when it comes to like digging up the bodies like i grew up right across the road from my grandparents mm-hmm. cattle farm unfortunately cattle does die often mm-hmm. and if you have diseased cattle and they die from some sort of disease it's no longer safe mm-hmm. for human consumption mm-hmm. uh so either the one or the two things we would do is we would either call the dog food factory to come and get oh wow the cattle or we bury it. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about using the radar to try to find bones or bodies, mm-hmm. then you might end up finding livestock yeah. that's buried rather than <clears throat> humans. Yeah, I'm not sure when they bought the farm, but it was it was um, 
probably in early 2000s. Okay. So I'm not sure what it was before then. Mm -hmm. But I know when you drive by it and you look at it on Google Maps, it doesn't, it's very obvious. There are big fields where mm -hmm. they used to be crops, okay. but it's very obvious <laughs> that it's no longer a farm used for like okay. production. Yeah. It, it's just kind of like a, oh, we we're pretty rich. Let's buy this big ass farm. Yeah. So our, and then our kids use can it go. as like a Playhouse, vacation basically. exactly yeah. exactly okay makes so. more sense sorry that was the only reason why no I asked. you're good no because mm -hmm. it, it pertains so i guess we can kind of because considering it we're almost 10 minutes in <laughs> we can hoppity hop on yeah. the case so Absolutely. um so i think the first thing i want to do is introduce the shit stains who did this stuff so <laughs> the main person everyone recognizes his name is cosmo dinardo um, and he was, you look at, there's a picture of him where, I think I mentioned it too before, mm -hmm. he's shirtless and he has a gun with a laser on it and he's like pointing at a Snapchat looking like a bad, he's trying to look like a badass. That's he so looks gross. like a fucking idiot. That's like, so he looks disgusting. Oh, so anyway, so he was born <clears throat> on January 21st, 1997 to Sandra, um, Sandra Donardo and Antonio were Tony Donardo in Ben Salem. Um, he was the first out of four kids. Do you see yeah. it? Yeah. Oh my God. That's the first picture that comes up. That's yeah. That's stupid. Yeah. He's gross. He's so gross. He just, lo he looks, he looks, and no offense to any yeah. Italian man. He looks like an Italian man who would like be like, wear, like wear mm -hmm. all these gold chains and like fist pump at the Jersey Shore and shit. That's what he yeah. looks like. Well, he looks like the type of dude, like you can just look at his face and be like, oh, that's a sexist man. Like this yes. man does not respect women, mm -hmm. does not respect humans humans mm -hmm. probably a homophobe mm -hmm. just everything we gross. hate everything yeah he looks like he should be trapped in his mom's basement and mm -hmm. like just like stay within yeah. his parents basement forever which is funny because well i'll get into it. i'll you know i'm i, I want to so anyway. <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> it's okay no you're good um so like i said before they um they were a wealthy family they had their own construction mm -hmm. business or concrete and construction business um and honestly people said that it was kind of like an all-american family growing their growing their business from the ground up mm -hmm. um which then because they got the money seven years after Cosmo was born the family bought the New Hope the okay. New Hope farm yeah. um, they often used it as a vacation spot to get away from their home in the suburbs which I mean if you're vacationing away from yeah. your home in the suburbs like first world probs because yeah. oh my god listen. that's so entitled mm -hmm. like I can't handle my lovely house you mm -hmm. know what I should just go hang out in the country for a little while mm -hmm. yeah it's like hello 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 <laughs> Um, they all, like I said, they often um, used it to ride ATVs and hunt, and it was between seventy and ninety acres. Okay. I found a lot uh -huh. of things that said ninety acres, but mm -hmm. I also heard um, I saw a couple that said seventy, and okay. I wasn't sure. And I even went to like mm -hmm. the um, what's it called, like the property records online because it's public oh, record, <laughs> and I could not find exactly how big it was. Wow. So I'm gonna say okay. I'm gonna say I want to say ninety because that's okay. what I always heard when when mm -hmm. all this stuff happened. Um, and even though, you know, Cosmo looked like a complete fucking psycho, mm -hmm. people often described him as like a straight A student and someone who would help anyone when they needed it. Oh, that's um, weird. A family friend was quoted as saying that he was the kind of kid who would always say hello and he would grab your groceries out of your hand and walk you to your car. And he actually received awards from his church for his volunteer work and was a captain of a football team, like a county football team, before sustaining a head and a neck injury. So oh. he seemed just like yeah. a normal kid. All right, so there's head trauma there. But yes. also, like, I don't know, like, I feel bad, but it sounds like there's pro probably some entitlement that probably came oh, 100%. into living a very, like, luxurious, easy, mm -hmm. comfortable life. Well, also, they lived in Ben Salem, and yeah. you know from working in Bucks County, you know, yeah. Ben Salem is right near Philadelphia. Yeah. So there are some very bad areas of Ben Salem, but they're mm -hmm. also very nice suburbs. So yes. also, he's a white guy, to my knowledge, mm -hmm. living in an area that's very, 
that's mm-hmm. very poor, yeah. you know, there's going to be that sense of entitlement, that sense yeah. of like, oh, you know, he's, a, he's, I can do whatever he, because mm-hmm. all of my neighbors, they can't handle to mm-hmm. do any of the things I can exactly. do. Exactly. But like, they're also, I do kind of wonder though, just because like my brain, like being like mm-hmm. sociology major, mm-hmm. everything always goes back to like, for me, like what you're raised in and like mm-hmm. who is around you of like teaching mm-hmm. you your values. So, like, it's very interesting to hear that, like, he's being lauded for being this, like, great, helpful Mm -hmm. kid, like, at church, like, by neighbors, but yet could end up doing what he does. And something I didn't write down, but he actually received an award, um, or he was the the head of the anti-drug task force in Ben Salem. Okay. Which you'll hear later, it's a huge contradiction. And yeah. I, when I read that, that was one of the only yeah. things I didn't know about this case when I read mm-hmm. it. I was like, how the fuck did this guy have an... An- was was he the the top of the anti-drug right. thing? I was like, that makes no fucking sense because mm-hmm. drugs play a part in these yes. murders. So I was like... Interesting. Yeah. So there is a lot of people who do wonder, like... Because, like, there tends to be two camps as to mm-hmm. why someone goes into certain work. Mm-hmm. It's either because you yourself have personal experience with dealing with, like, the bad side of it. So, like, when we talk about, or, like, for example, this is horrible to think of, and I hope this is not true, but there are two, like, there could be two camps of people that go into, like, a child abuse task force. Yeah. Either someone who has been abused as a child mm-hmm. and wants to stop child abuse from mm-hmm. happening, or predators who are looking yeah. for easy prey. Yeah, so it's it's... It's, I'm not sure which one, like, he was, but it was very interesting to, to find that out. Um, so, <clears throat> family said that he began to devolve around 2015, so about two years before yeah. the murders. Um, he had a long-term girlfriend. This is when they broke up. And he apparently had dreams of being a Navy SEAL, and mm-hmm. those dreams had started to fail. And mm-hmm. it's very rigorous to get to be a Navy SEAL, so yeah. it could have been, you know, something as simple as him taking a practice test and failing. Um in February 2016, he was diagnosed with major depressive disorder and the first of what will be a slew of mental health diagnoses that he would receive. Okay. So I'm going to kind of go into his mental health diagnosis mm-hmm. a little bit to add some context. Okay. Because a lot of his stuff was either untreated or not treated well. Okay. I want to put that out there that having mental illnesses and the stuff that he has does not mean you are a killer. I myself have have major depressive disorder. Like, mm-hmm. you also have other diagnoses. Absolutely. My fiancé yeah. has diagnoses. Like, you know mental illness does not make you an asshole like no. you said last case exactly. you can be an asshole you, there's a difference between being, being an mentally asshole ill and being an asshole exactly. he was someone who had mental illness but was, but an, was asshole. an asshole exactly but yeah. and i think it played a part because you know some mental illnesses will cause others like like aggressive symptoms if they're not treated right so i think oh, wow. you know okay. so he uh, lost my place he um in the following two years he would devolve even more becoming more paranoid and having hallucinations he would be checked into various mental health hospitals across bucks county even once being involuntarily committed um and he also had a pattern of physically abusing his mother and his father Mm. once severely biting his mother and giving her a black eye on the way to a psychiatrist appointment a lot of this stuff happened at the psychiatrist like going to the psychiatrist appointments um he began seeing a psychiatrist from the University of Penn, and it was during these sessions where he had mentioned wanting to kill his parents and his family, but the thoughts were documented as fleeting thoughts. So where it wasn't okay. documented. So the doctor went, oh, you oh, want to kill people? people? That's a lot of that, paperwork. That's a fleeting that's thought. Yeah. They're like, like, we're just going to be like, how often do you think of these? Well, it's just like maybe every other day. But like, that's not that big a deal. That's it's not daily. Fine. That's, that's not that's not daily. That's not dangerous. Yeah. We're just gonna ignore that Exactly. Um, and he was also said to have suicidal thoughts and a plan to do so. Um, and then at this one of the last appointments, there was a um, 
a, what's a receptionist, and he had like made a crude remark to her and like put his tongue on the glass. Ew. Yeah. So he's okay. yeah. Prison immediately. Yeah. Exactly. Jail. Jail. <laughs> Jail immediately. Go to um, jail. <laughs> and his mother uh, said in an appointment to the doctor that she didn't want to take him home because she felt like he was going to kill her. Oh my god! His mother said woman. that to his psychiatrist, yeah. and the psychiatrist was like, "He only thinks about it every other day. It's fine." Okay. So like, recently at work, I had had the same question that someone was like saying that they needed to call police for one of our folks, and the police kept arguing with them of like, oh, well, it doesn't sound very dangerous to us, and they were trying to explain like, no, this is not normal behavior for them. Mm -hmm. They're extremely escalated. We're all concerned for their safety, Mm -hmm. and like police being like, no, you don't really need an ambulance. You don't really need Mm -hmm. to go to the hospital. It feels like that same vein of like, oh, I'm a professional, so I know more, Mm -hmm. even though this is the situation you're living in, Mm -hmm. and like, (laughs) One of the things as, like, DV advocates, I'm sure you hear every day, that I used to hear every day and have to fight against all the time, is people in these situations are the experts of Mm -hmm. their situation. Exactly. It is not outsiders that know better Mm -hmm. and have a better way of determining their level of, like, severity or danger. Mm -hmm. This woman knew her situation. Mm -hmm. She's literally telling, like, no mother who loves her son, who lives with her son, and has been trying to help them get help and knows their son is Mm -hmm. sick, would ever willingly tell someone, I'm afraid to bring this person home. I'm afraid they're going to kill me Mm -hmm. if it wasn't serious. Exactly. And so after she said this to his doctor um, around March of 2016, so this is about a year and a few months before the killings happened, um, his meds were adjusted, and his mother actually said it was like a night and day difference. Okay. There was a... um, she was mm-hmm. saying that at one point in time he came down and was like, hey mom, like how you doing? Like what, you want to go shopping today? Like it was night and day difference. But then this was very short lived um, because he had actually, um, even though his behaviors, a lot of them has subsided, there was still the pattern of aggression and disturbance mm-hmm. because I read somewhere that he was only taking his meds every other day. Not every day. Which, wow. if anyone who's on psych meds knows, you have to take them every single day, especially ones meant for depressive disorder, anxiety, mm-hmm. and any other uh, disorders like that. Um, he was actually had been arrested at Temple University um, for, I think it was like a, a fight or something. And he also had been arrested for having a shotgun in his possession, which was illegal for, some, for him because he had been committed to a mental institution previously. So he got arrested yeah. for having a shotgun. Um, I would like to put this out there that... Mm-hmm the paperwork had fallen through the cracks. So he never actually went to jail for this, which I think if he would have never went to jail for this, this stuff never would have happened. So, yeah. Okay, so a clerical error is what caused Mm -hmm. him to not probably Mm -hmm. get the consequences that he definitely needed to see and Mm -hmm. possibly be... Unfortunately, like, usually when you're in the system, you don't get a whole lot of, like, access to treatment Mm -hmm. and medical care. But, like... But so no, there could have been intervention. Yeah, there could have been a record. Yeah, been... but knowing what happened later on, okay. like a year later, I don't give a fuck. He should have been yeah. in a steel box for the rest yeah. of his life. And you know, yeah. we'll find out. He eventually yeah. is. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, but uh, well, 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 I lost my. Uh, I'm gonna be lo- I'm just kill. <laughs> That's T- the band name called it. Um, side note, I lose my place a lot, so I apologize. Um, I have really bad ADHD and I've been off my meds for a week. <laughs> Love my doctor. Anyway, um, so, uh, despite the behaviors and crimes, uh, Cosmo's psychiatrist had made note in April of 2017 that he thought Cosmo was in remission from his bipolar disorder and was doing well. Okay. Newsflash, bipolar okay. disorder doesn't go away. Yeah. 
newsflash. It can be treated, right. yeah, but it doesn't go away. No. Um, <clears throat> so it's not doing well. Yeah. So due to this, Cosmo's mother and father were allowing him more space and encouraged him to hang out with his friends. The only problem was that his old friends had abandoned Cosmo due to his mental health issues. Which okay. I mean, I literally wrote, I mean, who fucking wouldn't? Yeah. And I, and I understand, like, you know, wanting to stick by your friends when you have a mental health crisis. Mm -hmm. But when you're ex literally abusing your mom and your dad, yeah. like, no. No, you're not going to no. want to hang no. out with your friend. No. Like, no, absolutely exactly. not. Exactly. And then, um, so this is when Cosmo's aunt had reached out to um, Cosmo's mom and was asking, like, hey, my son needs friends. Mm -hmm. Cannot, can Cosmo hang out with my son? So now we're going to go into Sean Kratz. This okay. is the second person. So Cosmo so, and Sean are cousins. cousins. Yes. Okay. Um, they were never really close, mm -hmm. um, but the, the two moms were sisters. So it was okay. kind of like a, hey, your son's going through it. My son's going through it. Yeah, Can they go? They just be friends together. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Sean Kratz was born on Valentine's Day in 97, so only like a month younger than Cosmo, to okay. Vanessa Amodi and an unknown father. Um, there isn't a lot about his early life, but... When he began hanging out with Cosmo, um, he resided in Ambler, PA, which is okay. in, I believe, Montgomery County, not Bucks County. I believe it's lower, I think. Yeah. Um, so in his late teens and early 20s, um, he had been investigated for an attempted murder in Philly, which left a man in a wheelchair. Oh, my God. So this is the cousin. And keep that in mind, because the cousin likes to claim that he didn't have a lot of part in this. That sounds like bullshit. Yeah. You already have some violence in your background exactly. there, sir. And he also walked with a limp due to an unsolved drive-by shooting in which he was shot 19 times. You don't just get shot 19 times. Yeah, someone clearly knew it was you and mm -hmm. clearly wanted to hurt you. That's it, not like an accidental drive-by. Exactly. He had also been involuntarily committed to, by his mother to a mental health hospital due to violent behavior and threats towards her. And side note, Sandra, mm -hmm. Cosmo's mom, didn't know any of this when they mm -hmm. started hanging out. Now I kind of also wonder if, like, this runs in the family. Like That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Because, it, it you know, bipolar disorder does... Mm -hmm. is given it's to th and it's yeah. through the mother mm -hmm. so if the mothers are related okay it goes through from the mom that's where it more okay. often than not it goes from mom to child instead of dad to child but more yeah. people more women have or people who are assigned female at birth mm -hmm. have bipolar disorder than men that's I just kind of how it kinda is i always kind of wonder if that's like an actual like biological thing or if that's a sociological thing because uh, i will talk about it at some point i'm mm -hmm. clearly gonna definitely cover a munchausen by proxy yes. case so my thesis that I did was about the fact that the majority, if not like, it's like, I think if I remember correctly, like 93 mm -hmm. or 97% of all people diagnosed with Munchausen syndrome by proxy are females. Mm -hmm. So the difference between Munchausen syndrome and Munchausen syndrome by proxy, Munchausen syndrome is where you make yourself sick to get attention. Yeah. Munchausen by proxy is where you make someone else sick to get attention for you. Mm -hmm. So the most common camps of people who end up having it are mothers who sicken their children mm -hmm. or nurses who sicken their patients. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and I theorized and through that thesis definitely believe, and I do still believe very much, that the reason why it's more women that are diagnosed with it is because we condition women to feel like they have to be mothers or have to mm -hmm. like be caregivers mm -hmm. to get recognition in this society. Gotcha. So then they end up developing this mm -hmm. illness that can be sociologically caused because okay. of this. So I do kind of wonder, like, although... Like, bipolar disorder is definitely very much genetic. Mm -hmm. If there's also a very social component into mm -hmm. why there's more women being diagnosed. Because mm -hmm. I feel like I've met a lot of men who, yeah. just, like, exhibit the same symptoms. Yeah. But they tend to get different diagnoses mm -hmm. and more often than not get, like, 
antisocial personality mm-hmm. disorder or oppositional yeah. defiance disorder. Yeah, definitely. Instead of bipolar. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so they were kind of just two shitbags who were mentally ill, which is okay, but yeah. they were shitbags who were mentally ill. Yeah. Keyword. And they were, were violent sh- with their yes, illness. Yes, exactly. And you, and even if you are, if you are someone who has mental illness and you are violent, you can be, you can get help. Yes. They were not getting the help they needed. No. Uh, and obviously, like, I found a lot of information about Cosmo getting, or trying, her, let me phrase, rewind. Cosmo's mom trying to get him help, okay. but I couldn't find a lot about if Sean's mom tried to get okay. him help. I know he was involuntarily committed, but that's the only thing I yeah. noticed about okay. his mental health. Yeah, so there so. might be, and it kind of sounds like there's also the possibility of like Sean dragging Cosmo down when it comes to like if their dynamic is that Sean is a much more violent person who refuses treatment for his mental illness could also feed some of Cosmo's delusions mm-hmm. of like, oh, your mom's just trying to control you or this mm-hmm. and that for someone yeah. trying to get help. Yeah, well, it's, it's funny because I don't know if that's, like, that's an interesting perspective. I personally think mm-hmm. that Cosmo's the one who brought Sean down. Really? Because okay. Sean seemed like a, kind of like a pussy. Like, he kind of <laughs> yeah. seemed like a puss. Like, he seemed okay. like he was, even though he was a violent person... Yeah. He, you'll, oh, well, I'll say later, like, after one of the kids is found, he went outside and threw up. Okay. And Cosmo's like, you've never seen a dead body before? <laughs> like, okay. So, I, even though I think, I think Sean, not that I want to, you know, put, put, like, give him any excuses for anything he did, <laughs> even including the attempted murder in Philly, you know, I think he might have been running with a different, I think he's very easily influenced. Okay. Because he also ne- never had a father figure, too. So I think he also clings to anyone who gives him some sort of guidance. Okay. That, that type of oh, thing. Oh, that's really interesting. I definitely no, want to No, you're good, yes. Yeah. Okay, so I feel like the next thing I want to go into is the timeline of everything that happened. Okay. So this all starts July 4th night mm-hmm. of 2017. Okay. Supposed to be a nice little happy weekend. Yeah. Everything actually, well, it, Cosmo starts thinking July 4th night mm-hmm. about doing stuff. July 5th is when everything actually starts. So <clears throat> there are four victims in this case. There's Jimmy Taro Patrick. There is Dean Finicaro. There is Thomas Mayo and Mark Sturgis. Okay. So there are four, diff- four different uh, people. I'll go over. I want to, at the very end, I think I want to round out by talking about the victims and give mm-hmm. and end on a positive note because mm-hmm. they were such loving men who didn't deserve to get their life snuffed out by a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. Like they, I actually went to school with someone Who's I believe either brother or boyfriend worked with Dean Finicaro, oh. either either Dean Finicaro or Jimmy Patrick, and they had nothing but positive things to say about him. Mm-hmm. So they were sad. it's yeah it's sad. So okay, so on July fifth, um, Jimmy Patrick told his grand uh, grandmother that he was going out for food for the night. Okay. Side note, he lived with his grandparents. His mom actually unfortunately suffered from schizophrenia, mm-hmm. and so she couldn't care for him. So his okay. grandparents brought him home the day after he was born, raised him from, raised him from a little, little boy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'll go into more into that later. Um, so he told his grandmother he was going out for food with a friend. She was like, okay, have fun. Cause she was 19. Like, you know, um, Cosmo picked him up at his grandparents' house and drove um, him back to the New Hope farm to buy four pounds of marijuana for $8,000. Now there were, there were some conflicting things that I saw that, you know, people smoke weed. Yeah. It's fucking weed. Yeah. There were some things I saw that Jimmy was kicked out of school for, for drugs and stuff, but I don't okay. believe it because there's only one source. Yeah. Everybody else said he was a perfect kid. Yeah. But, you know, ev- even perfect kids mm. dabble. Like, it's yeah. not, you know, you're, no oh, one's yeah. perfect. Um, so once they arrived to the New Hope Farm, Cosmo found out that Jimmy only had $800. Um, he counted the money. He's like, what the fuck? You only have 800 bucks. 
So then according to Cosmo, and so everything that's that I have about what happened is straight from Cosmo's confession. Okay, so Cosmo so, was, I guess, the distributor? Um, so what Cosmo said was he was the, he was quoted as saying he was the middleman okay. between a higher up drug dealer. Okay, so yeah. yeah, so he was providing the distribution to the lower level drug dealers. So Jimmy, was his name right? Yeah. Okay, so Jimmy was a dealer? I don't think so. I oh, think okay. it, Jimmy was buying it for personal use, even though it's a oh, lot of okay. weed. He also went to school in Maryland and he oh, was home okay. for the summer. So, so he could have he, bought that and brought it back to school. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see anything saying he was a dealer, okay. but you know, yeah, people can buy know. exactly. Like, that's his business, like exactly. Literally, I'll probably say it all the time. I would rather live next to a low-level drug dealer and like, especially like who's dealing pot mm-hmm. than any other criminal on the Ex- planet. Exactly. Um, so, uh, according to Cosmo, after he found out that Jimmy only had eight hundred dollars, he offered to um, sell Jimmy a shotgun instead of the marijuana due to a lack of cash. Okay. So he handed Jimmy the shot the shotgun. Um, and if I trim up on names, I put their last names, but I want to call them by their first names to, like, humanize them more. Um, mm-hmm. He offered the weapon for Jimmy to fire it, but it didn't work. So mm-hmm. Jimmy, Cosmo handed Jimmy the shotgun, and then Jimmy went to go shoot. Cosmo backed up, and when Jimmy was going to go shoot the the um, the shotgun, uh, Cosmo shot him in the head and killed him. Oh, um, my God. He then, he died very yeah. quickly from his injuries. He was, he, yeah. he, he, he died. Um, so then he... Cosmo proceeded to take the farm's backhoe mm-hmm. and dig a hole in a remote spot on the property and put Jimmy's pa- Jimmy's um, body into the hole. Um, he then burned the cash that Patrick had or um, that Jimmy had brought with him. Like Cosmo burned the cash, okay. and Donardo or Cosmo was quoted as saying, "I didn't want the kids eight hundred dollars. I didn't kill the kid over eight hundred dollars. I wasn't robbing him." So he claims that if he went to the person who gave him the weed without the money, that Cosmo would be killed. So he would rather have killed Jimmy than get himself have himself be killed. Yeah, but then but you still I, don't have the money. I that literally I my, the next thing I no. wrote was, but this wouldn't, ha- but wouldn't this happen regardless? Like if Cosmo yeah. told the other drug dealer about meeting with Jimmy and the eight thousand dollars deal, the drug dealer should expect the money. So Cosmo yeah. murdering Jimmy and burning the min- the money doesn't make any fucking sense. No, and this is the first instance of me believing that he just was doing this because yeah. he wanted to get his rocks off because he's a fucking weirdo. Yeah, because like. like I feel bad, but, like, well, no murder is anything other than senseless. Yeah. But, like, what was the purpose of that? Exactly. And through this entire thing, there is... This is the closest thing Mm -hmm. to a um, reason that he gave for murdering these kids. Okay, so he's just a jackass who just wanted to hurt I mean, he had homicidal thoughts. He was probably like, oh, it's July 4th weekend. You want to pop some fireworks? I want to pop a gun. No, fuck off. That and, like, I think it could be this like realizing that if he harmed his parents or someone close to him that he'd be caught immediately Mm -hmm. so it's like oh i he has something inside of him where he wants to kill people Mm -hmm. oh yeah it's like oh yeah well why not kill this person that i deem as Mm -hmm. useless or that their life isn't as meaningful as anybody Mm -hmm. else's and they're here to buy drugs who's going to care about them exactly Newsflash, people do care, obviously, because it rocked the entire county. Absolutely. Jimmy is worth caring about. Cosmo is not. Exactly. And so the next day on July 6th, um, Jimmy is reported missing by his grandfather. Because his grandma and grandfather were up all night texting me like, Jimmy, where are you? Because they said that when he would go out late, he would come in and wake them up and say, hey, guys, I'm home. So that he knew they were home. Yeah, this is going to get you. This is like, this is one of the ones I didn't think was going to get me. But researching Mm -hmm. it, I had to take multiple breaks, especially when learning about the victims. Because... I have a brother right now who's 20. Like, I know how that would feel for me. And, like, oh, I don't want to start crying. But, okay. Anyway. So then July 7th, two days later, 
Cosmo sets up another drug deal with Dean Finicaro to sell him a quarter pound of marijuana for $700. Um, before doing this, he picks up Sean. Cosmo picks up Sean, his cousin. Okay. And they decide to rob Finicaro instead of selling him the weed. So the original plan... Uh, so the original plan... Here's yeah. the original plan. They were going to... Cosmo went to Sean and said, go out and ride ATVs with, with Dean on, on the property, mm-hmm. have a good time with him, rob him, and then kill him. This exact exact. So this is literally no motivation okay. except for just he wanted to kill people. Yeah. Um, and so eventually, so they, um, so Cosmo picks up Finicaro and brings him to the farm in New Hope. Um, that's where the plan was that uh, Sean was going to take him into the woods, rob him, and kill him. Instead of it happening, um, sh- they went out and and rode around, but Sean mm-hmm. got cold feet and was like, I don't really want to kill this person. So then, which makes Reasonable. fucking sense. That's- that's the reasonable way to think. Yes. So then they go back, and then Sean, uh, Cosmo, and Dean go into the barn where there's a Vespa that Cosmo had. Okay. And so I think a Vespa is like a scooter. Yeah. Like one of the ones that you like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, like a little, ding, yeah, scooters, like where yeah. you like see like old guys wearing them. You're like, yeah. oh, you're, you're cute because yeah. you don't have a motorcycle. It's like, ding, 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 ding. That's what <laughs> I imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so they went into the barn under the guise of like, oh, let's look at this Vespa that I have. Because... You'll find out later when I talk about Dean, he was very into, like, motocross, dirt okay. biking, ATVs. He was a very active kid, and he loved that stuff. So he went in, mm-hmm. he's like, oh, there's a Vespa? You'll never look at a fucking Vespa. Yeah. Like, he likes that shit. Um, so it was here that Cosmo handed his cousin a gun and was mm-hmm. like, do it. So when Dean was turned around, Sean closed his eyes and fired a shot and, kill- and killed Dean. Um, it was... A, uh, and then apparently... Um, Cosmo says he shot Dean after his cousin did, even though he was dead. Cosmo was quoted as saying, no, he was dead, but I just, just to finish, you know, just, I just shot him. So this kid was dead, and so Cosmo took the gun him. and emptied the clip into this kid's body. Okay. For no fuck, and the kid, like, he, yeah. done, gone. Okay. Um, so he shot this kid, even though he was dead, because, like, I, I would say, he's a fucking psycho. Yeah. Um, Kratz says that Donardo shot Dean first. Donardo, or, sorry, Sean says that Cosmo shot Dean first. Okay. Cosmo says that Sean shot the kid first. It's a, it goes back and forth. It's a he said, he said. Yeah, but which I, is what happens a lot when you exactly. have... Like family, yeah, family murderers exactly. and two murderers. They're always going to push blame onto the other person, exactly. back and forth. Yeah. But also, like, I still don't understand. So you're saying... You didn't kill Jimmy because you didn't want his money, but you're going to kill and rob Dean. So what? Two days like, later. Two days later. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just don't understand, like, what he thinks. Mm-hmm. He's he doesn't. Get away he's a, with he's a fucking idiot. He, clearly. A fucking idiot. So, but this was also when, after this happened, um, Sean went outside and threw up, and Kazu went out, mm-hmm. apparently slung an arm around his cousin's shoulder and said, never seen a dead body before, huh? And act as if he was this big macho guy, yeah. which newsflash: most people have not seen a fucking dead body, no. especially one that's been shot in the fucking head multiple times. Yeah, like, like um, and, and it's not even like, oh, this is like a horrible situation of like we're so okay. This kind of reminds me of like Cosmo. You had said Cosmo wanted to be a Navy SEAL, things like that. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me of like that like macho cop like movie behavior mm-hmm. of like the new the rookie yep. being with the seasoned detective of like oh well you'll get used to it first dead body huh mm-hmm. like do you think you're in a movie sir exactly do you think you're the hero mm-hmm. of this movie you are the villain who is exactly. literally just taking out innocent people yeah. for no reason and this was also a uh, cosmo this is a trigger warning um this is very uh, it's pretty bad what i'm about to say <laughs> this is when cosmo in his confession was saying oh no dean was dead his bl- his brains were all over the barn he goes, I'm sure you found his brains in the barn. Like, so deadpan, 
so deadpan, and I'll talk about it later. Okay. I think I'm going to insert um, audio clips because okay. I, I think I want to play it for you as mm-hmm. well because the it was just so deadpan. He didn't yes. give a fuck when he was admitting everything. Um, and I would also like to note too, the gun he was using was his mother's gun. Yeah, okay. so he took his mom's gun. Mm-hmm. Um, all the other guns were locked up, but she found that that one was missing and didn't know where it went. Oh, wow. Yeah. So after this, um, they wrapped Dean's body in a blue tarp, and they put him in a metal tank, which Cosmo called a pig roaster. Um, Dean was okay. reported missing later that night but by his mom when he didn't show up for work. And later on when we talk about Dean, you'll see that his work was very important to him. He was kind of turning his life around, working like 50 hours a week. Like, he was really... Yeah. He was really... He had a bad start, and I and I looked up his um his criminal history. He did have a few DUIs, okay. but it was mainly like for marijuana stuff like that. It was probably mm-hmm. I saw videos of him doing wheelies on his dirt bike down a highway, like okay. shit like that. Yeah, like it's so, you know, like although I refer to him as my brother, he's not biologically my brother, but my like biologically he's my cousin. But mm-hmm. I've always thought of him as my brother. It sounds a lot like him mm-hmm. to me. Of like yeah. the just like you just want to mess like when Keith. What he does for fun is literally just, like, drinking, messing around, tinkering on cars, exactly. and, like, going mudding. And... Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so, like, you know, then, so okay. that that actually plays a part later on in the, when he's reported missing, okay. because his his family was scared the cops weren't going to take them seriously, yeah. because he had had run-ins with the cops before. Okay. But, That's so, really so, um... So Dean was put in the pig, the pig roaster, which comes into play later. Mm-hmm. Trigger warning. I think you know where that's going. Yeah. Um, he was reported later that night by his mom. So then the same day, the two made a plan to sell drugs to Thomas Mayo, who was hanging out with his friend, best friend, almost brother, and coworker Mark Sturgis. Or, um, yeah, Mark Sturgis. Um, so Tom and uh, Tom and Mark met Cosmo in a nearby shopping area called Peddler's Village. Mm-hmm. They met. They. Um, Mark picked up Tom and was like, hey, let's go. We're going to hang out. And it wasn't out of the ordinary for Mark and Tom to always be together. Yeah. It was, I, I think I'm going to, like, I'll probably go over it later. Mm-hmm. His mom said when he wasn't home with his family or with his girlfriend, he was with Mark. Okay. Like, when he wasn't at work, sleeping, family or girlfriend, Mark was his guy. Like, he was there. And there were so many pictures of them hanging out together, like, joking around. There's a picture specifically of them on, like, a fake tiger or a lion like it's a plastic one they all were on a trip to florida and they were like holding each other and being like silly like it they were best fucking friends that, like, it was breaks my heart this oh so my trigger warning this part is the worst part the this is the worst mm-hmm. part of the murder it's just trigger warning um so uh they met at peddler's village they met up there and then all three of them got into cosmos truck so um mayo left his or um yeah mayo left his car at peddler's village okay. or sturgis did I think they either both drove there. Okay. I think that's what happened. Sturgis or um, Mark and Tom both drove together, and then they met there, left their cars there, and then went to Cosmo Cosmo's farm with Cosmo in his truck. Um, so they got back to the property, and um, Mayo and Sturgis got out of the car. Or, (laughs) sorry, Tom and Mark got out of the Mm -hmm. car. This is when uh, Cosmo shot Mayo as soon as he got out of the car. Literally got out of the car, bam, shot in the head. Or not in the head, in the back. I cannot imagine what's going on for Mark. Literally just watching this person that you love like a brother just being taken out in front of you. So then after that, um, Mark uh, Mark began running away because he's like, what the fuck? He just heard shots, he ran. And Mark was a big guy. Like, he was a little bit of a chunkster, but he was, he was, he was really cute. He was really, he seemed like a teddy bear. He was always really tall, really, he's stocky. He, yeah. he would be a good ass, like, person to, like, to tackle people in football. Like, that's nice. his build. Okay. Um, and so he started running, and then, then, uh, Cosmo shot at him too. He had to unload the rest of the ammunition into Mark to kill him because of how big he was. Oh, 
Um, so this is a really bad part. Trigger mm-hmm. warning. This is when um, uh, Cosmo said that Thomas was still alive and screaming that he couldn't feel his legs because he wasn't oh dead. He God. was just paralyzed. Yeah. So this is when Cosmo went to get the backhoe um, and he ran over Mayo, uh, ran over Thomas, crushing him to death. Because he had no ammunition. Horrific. So I went, that is the one part of the case that always gets me because you're paralyzed. You can't move. He's crawling away, screaming, and you get crushed to death. You can see it coming at you. Like it. I could cry. That's so sad. I have goosebumps. Like it is, it, that has stuck with me. Every time I think about it, like Mm -hmm. I don't get very freaked out by true crime cases. This is maybe because I I live so close. It like makes me want to vomit when I hear about it. So then Cosmo used the same, same backhoe to put um, Thomas and Mark's bodies into the same pig roaster that Dean's body was in. Um, they then put, um, and mind you, Sean was here for the, all of this. Sean was here. Sean Jesus. witnessed it. Okay. He didn't kill them, but he yeah. was, I mean, he, he, washed. he washed and he could have yeah. done something, which plays a part in his defense later. Mm. Um, Cosmo then put gas in the pig roaster and lit it on fire to try to burn the bodies. Um, and this just shows you, the next one I'm about to say, shows you how fucked up these people are. Yeah. Um, they went, then left and went to get cheesesteaks in Philly. Cosmo was quoted as saying, I didn't oh eat God. mine, I just did something so gruesome, I didn't have an appetite. Like, of course, you just killed yeah. four fucking men. Like For no fucking reason, like, I cannot understand. Like, literally mm-hmm. any time that I have experienced any kind of trauma or, like, I'm stressed out, like... One of the things that I have to be yelled at for frequently, when I'm stressed, my you default is I refuse to eat. Yeah. And, like, it's not good. It mm-hmm. definitely contributes to my eating disorder mm-hmm. and is a problem. Yeah. But, like, what do you mean? You just, mm-hmm. how, yeah, how do you eat after that? Yeah. How do you just go out into the world and try to behave normally after mm-hmm. you did that? Mm-hmm. Like, it, Shooting someone, okay. much less running someone over with a backhoe to kill yeah. them. Yeah, and then throwing human people into a pig roaster and lighting on fire fire. and they so they left to to they were their plan was to leave the farm overnight to let the bodies burn overnight because they wanted to try to cremate them however they're fucking idiots because it needs to be burned a very high temperature to burn bone so that pig roasters don't burn bone they roast the meat they roast the pigs they cook the meat exactly like i've been to a pig roast before like you're just cooking the meat exactly exactly Exactly. So they, okay. but then Cosmo's like, I didn't have an appetite for mine. I just did something gruesome. You obviously didn't think it was that gruesome yeah. because you ran someone over with a fucking backhoe. Yes. Like, and are you fucking you're kidding me? You're the main person doing all of this. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? Exactly. So then, after they got cheesesteaks, they went back to Cosmo's house in Ben Salem, showered, changed clothes, and spent the night there. And by all accounts, like, um, they seemed fine. They were talking. Sean was talking to, to Sandra, Cosmo's mom. They were hanging out. Cosmo slept in the living room, and mm-hmm. then Sean slept in Cosmo's room. Like, it was a sleepover. Oh, the cousins are over a sleepover. Yeah, she had no idea what was going a, on. A great time. Look at my son finally bonding with someone. Mm-hmm. Over murder. Over murder. Sorry, though. Sorry, headphone users. Oh. <laughs> um, so then, okay, so then July 8th, um, they end up leaving Cosmo's house. Um, him and Sean, they eventually meet up with Cosmo's mom again after she keeps on frantically calling him. Um, she keeps on calling him saying, hey, there's this kid named Dean that was reported missing. And people are saying that you're the last person who saw him. Yeah. So there's always a little tiny bit of connection to Cosmo from all these victims. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Patrick was a year behind him in school. Okay. And Cosmo taught him how to sell sneakers. 
Dean Finicaro had known Cosmo because of drug deals and was on his Facebook as, like, that was the only friend they couldn't contact. And I believe the same thing was for um, Mark Sturgis and Tom Mayo, I believe. So he um, didn't even just pick, like, people no. he barely knew. It mm-hmm. was, like, people he People he had a connection. It was, like, one yeah. degree away, but it was, like, a half of a degree away. Yeah. It wasn't even, like, oh, this is my brother. It, was, it wasn't even, like, oh, this is my friend of a friend. Yeah. This is someone I went to school with. This is someone I've dealt drugs to before. Yeah, this is this someone is, I know of. Yeah, this is someone that I had a friendly-ish relationship mm-hmm. with. Exactly. And that knows me. Not even, exactly. like... Exactly. This is someone I just found on the street. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Apparently, Cosmo was was like pissed at his mom. Was like, we don't know anything about it. And then, um, but but Sean said the encounter shook him up. He was like, fuck, they're on to us. Obviously. Yeah. No shit. Fucking idiots. So then, um, they eventually went back to the New Hope property, and Cosmo used the same backhoe he killed Mayo with to dig a separate twelve foot grave and put the burned corpses of Finicaro, Mayo, and Sturgis in it. And sorry, Dean, Tom, and Mark into it. Um, later that day on July 8th, um, Tom was reported missing by his mom to Plumstead police. Um, she had mentioned that he was diabetic and relying on insulin. She said that he always carried a diabetic kit with him, would never be found without it. Like, even if he was just going on a walk, he brought it with him because he was diabetic and he needed it and he was, he had it his entire life. So remember that because that comes back and that helps. So, um, later that day on the 8th, um, Cosmo contacts a friend of his and offers, to sell him an older model Nissan for $500. Tom Mayo drove an older mod- model Nissan. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not sure if I put it yeah. here. Um, the eventually, I think I kind of, mm-hmm. I, I almost said blacked out and didn't put it in. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't put it in here by accident. Um, eventually, um, Cosmo, after the murders, went back, grabbed Mayo's car, brought it to the farm, put it in a, put it in a barn on his farm. Okay. Yeah. All right. So then he contacts his friend, asking to sell him the Nissan. Um, Sean was also brought in for questioning that day. I'm not sure. Wh- I couldn't find a good reason as to why, why Sean was brought in and not Cosmo. Maybe um, they just kind of realized that, like tactically, like that's what he I'm thinking. Like the weaker link. Yeah, because I found a few like articles that gave timelines, but none of them really detailed in which <laughs> I wrote. None of them detailed the order in which the dickheads were brought in for questioning, or why one was brought in <laughs> yeah. before the other. Like it was just kind of. It Honestly, was a, if I saw the two of them, I think I'd probably bring in Sean yeah. first because I was like, if it's Cosmo's property, he has more to lose. Mm-hmm. Sean could be easier to break because it's like. Oh, I remember why. Yeah. Because um, Dean's mom called the uh what's it called the cell phone company okay and pinged his phone his phone was last pinged uh by cosmo's farm and so i think oh, that's okay. that's what i think that, and that, i think they yeah. brought kratz in or sean mm-hmm. in because of his record because mm-hmm. i think prior to this cosmo had a little record but not as but not yes yeah, yeah. he's not the weaker link like when you're thinking of like who's the easier exactly. one to break and like for what it would make sense exactly. to pick sean first. so then it goes to july 9th um both uh, they eventually find um you know tom's car in in the um what's it called in the barn yeah and they look into it and they see his diabetic insulin kit in mm-hmm. the car and they're like fuck this is bad yeah then they also look in the barn and on the side of the barn wedged in between the barn wall and like a like a mm-hmm. pole like barns have yeah was um tom mayo's uh registration and insurance wedged in between the barn taken out of the car yep that's so no. it's like why would that like you wouldn't take that out of your car i can honestly say i only take it mm-hmm. out of my car when i have to renew it or when i'm pulled over yeah you don't take that shit out of your car no. or your wallet wherever you carry it and like stash it in a barn and leave Ex- it with someone else exactly um so and then they eventually found mark's car in peddler's village um and that's where they had met prior so mark's mm-hmm. car was always there tom's was brought back to the Dinardo farm why? Why i'm he... not sure why? i 
I think he didn't want both of them there because okay. he, you know what I mean. So yeah. he thought he could hide it because the way it was found was the the people who was um, Dean Finacaro mm-hmm. when he was reported missing. It's a little. It was a little hard for me to follow the... It took me a while to, like, yeah. follow the line. I felt okay. like I need, like, red string to, like, you know. <laughs> um, so when Finnecaro was reported missing, Middletown Police uh, came out. That's when the phone was pinged. So the, the Middletown Police officer... I actually watched documentary, the documentary yeah. with her in it. <laughs> and she had actually gone to the farm, reached out to Silver Township, was like, hey, can you come with me, like, just yeah. to be safe? Like, mm-hmm. it's your, your jurisdiction, yeah. it's not mine. They went there and they saw the barn, but they couldn't. They didn't go into it. Yeah. Because they were like, "Oh, like we don't really know." But then yeah, they, they both they both left, and they were like, "There's something in that barn. We need yeah. to go in there." Yeah. And this is not the same barn that um, that Dean was killed in. This is a okay. different barn because it's a, it's a ninety acre yeah. property. Whatever. So there was I'm not sure how they got in there without a warrant, but they went in and looked. Okay. And they found the car, and that's when they were like. Oh, um, no. This isn't Dean's yeah. car, but this is another car, that another boy that's missing. Yeah. So they're starting to connect the dots to Cosmo. Okay. Um, so then, da, 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 uh, like I said before, like they found the diabetic kit in the car. Mm-hmm. This was really unusual for him because he needed his insulin. Yeah. He wouldn't have been in his car and leave his medicine behind. No. Um, that same day, Bucks County de- detectives bought in Sean and questioned him, along with a friend that he offered to sell Mayo's, or sell Tom's car to. He brought in to so the brought in Cosmo and the friend that was like, "Hey, I want to sell yeah. that, like, buy that car, whatever." Yeah. Um, around this time is when they realized, like I said, that Dean's cell phone had pinged off the cell phone towers around Denardo's farm. This is when they gained the ser- official search warrant to start searching the farm okay. because of the yeah. just too much that's going yeah. on, you know. Um, too many ties are coming exactly, right back. Exactly. In here. So then, July tenth um, is when the search warrant is officially executed. Cosmo's arrested for being in possession of a shotgun and the ammunition from earlier in the year, like mm-hmm. I mentioned before. He's officially arrested on it. Okay. Um, his bail was set at one million dollars, but in PA, I like I don't know if you know this, you you can it's ten percent of the bail. So he was bonded out probably by his fucking parents. Yeah. Because this entire time they swore they knew nothing about their murders and swore their son was innocent, mm-hmm. as often most happens in cases like these. Yeah. Um, so then the next day, July 11th, uh, Cosmo's mate is named as the main suspect in the missing men's case. Um, and the July 12th, uh, he was arrested a second time, this time for stealing, uh, Tom's car. This time his bill was set at $5 million. Jeez. So they, they, they quadrupled it. Okay. Um, and then on the 13th, um, uh, Dean's remains were found. Um, Cosmo's lawyer released a statement saying he confessed to killing the four men. In exchange for this confession, Cosmo will be spared the death penalty. Okay. Um, and then finally, July 14th, mind you, this is barely a week, at, like a, just mm-hmm. over two weeks, at, about 10 days, nine days after the original Jimmy was killed. Yeah. Um, he's charged with four counts of homicide while uh, Sean is charged with three counts of homicide. And then on this day is where they found, um, they dug deeper and found uh, Mark and Tom's bodies. And then they found Patrick's, bo- uh, Jimmy's body in a single grave elsewhere on the property. So all so there are three boys buried together, and then Jimmy was buried separately. So okay. that's kind of the the main gist of mm-hmm. the murders and how it happened. Yeah. So really fucked up, and Absolutely. you can see why it rocked yeah. it rocked Bucks County because I'm just it was brutal. Glad that it was such a short period of mm-hmm. time, and that they were able to catch him so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like I. Don't get me wrong, I don't want people mm-hmm. to be good, become good criminals, yeah. but, like, it's very clear this was a dumbass. He was like, an idiot. Yeah, he was an idiot. Everything led back to him really quickly, and I'm really glad it did, because... Exactly. Fuck that. Fuck that guy. Yeah. So then, um, like I said, not soon after be arresting... The, we're gonna talk about Cosmo's confession now, because, okay. like I said, everything that I'm talking about is strict, because obviously no one was there but Cosmo and Sean, yeah. so they're the only ones who know what happened. 
And so they kind of, this was from, everything that was put on articles was found from court documents, from their confessions, whatever. So then Cosmo confessed um, on the 13th of July. Um, he confessed all four murders. There's a recorded tape of the entire confession, but only a few minutes of it has been released. And it wasn't released, like, willingly. Cosmo's okay. original defense lawyer leaked it to the press. Oh my god. Yeah, so okay. he it, he was a Doylestown criminal uh, defense lawyer, criminal defense lawyer, and oh he got god. like fucked. Like I th- I don't know where I where I wrote it in here, mm-hmm. but um oh yeah, so uh bu- 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 um like I said, cra- uh sh- oh no, sorry. It was Sean's lawyer who leaked it himself, I think. Wow. Sean or Cosmo, I may have messed it up. <laughs> and then the lawyer went to Matt Weintraub, who's the DA in the district mm-hmm. attorney in Bucks County, and admitted it. Yeah, he admitted like, yeah, it. I did it. I did this shit. He's like, I'm proud of it. I'm like, what? And then, so then he filed a petition yeah. himself to be removed from the case and replaced with a different lawyer. Obviously, yeah, they did it. As and you I, need to. I couldn't find a reason as to why he leaked the information. Um, I was thinking, for, I was thinking it was for like notoriety yeah. or for like press. Just I to think like, so, like maybe to stir the pot. Like, if it was Sean's lawyer, it makes more sense to me because, like, if that was, Sh- I Sean's... think it was, I think it was Sean's okay. lawyer because it. Um... So then it would make it seem like, oh well, Sean isn't as guilty. Cause look at. Here, Cosmo, this is his own words. Mm-hmm. This is his own actions. Exactly. Cosmo's clearly the ringleader. Exactly. Sean did nothing. Sean, Sean's an innocent Sean's little baby. Innocent. Yeah. So um, in the in the recording, Cosmo sounds calm and deadpan as he describes the absolutely horrifying things he did to the poor men he killed. But at the end, he, like, breaks down. He, like, breaks down. He's like, I don't know. I did this shit for nothing. My life's over. Your life's over? You killed, killed four, four men. Yeah. Four men who were individuals who were amazing humans yes. you killed them for no fucking reason now your yeah. life's over spare me the fucking pity oh like oh it gets me so fucking that mad is so fun. that's like one of the things that always like fucking gets to me about these guys is like they care so little mm-hmm. about anybody other themselves mm-hmm. that it's like you really think like that's what anyone should be concerned mm-hmm. about do you think anybody should have any sympathy for you and that mm-hmm. your life is over mm-hmm. you killed people mm-hmm and so I think I'm going to put an audio to just to show how he sounded and then ha- like during it and then afterwards. So, um, so we come back into the barn, you know, we're looking at a vest I had and when we stopped looking at that, Dean turned around to go walk out. When I went to turn, I just hear a bunch of shots go off. Dean goes down, face down, dead. Okay. I took the gun from Sean and I shoot Dean, you know, I think once or twice, I don't know how many times I shot. Why was he not dead? No, he was dead. Okay. But I just, just to finish, you know, just I just shot him. I'm not lying. He was dead. Okay. He was, his head was split, split the hell open. His brain, you, you probably found it. Half his brain was on the, in the barn. I don't know why I did this shit, man. Threw my life away for nothing. My life's done for nothing. Okay, so I just paused and I let Tay listen to the audio tapes. I'm so fucking annoyed. Oh my <laughs> god. Just why? Like, you killed people. Like, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus, why would anybody feel any pity for you right now? Like, what do you mean? Why are you crying like this? Like, what got me and also pissed me off was just the, well, I have a little brother. I have a nephew. I have a mom. So did these guys. Mm-hmm. You took them out. You. You took them from everyone who loved them and that mm-hmm. they loved, and you're going to whine and cry about how you're being taken from your family because mm-hmm. of the actions you chose to make. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you ask me, I think Cosmo is making up the entire, the, the yeah. oh, my life for nothing. 
Yeah. He obviously didn't care enough about the men to not kill them. No. So I think he's just doing it to try to gain sympathy. Really forced. Yeah, like, it was like for nothing, for, for nothing. nothing. Like, like the all oh, pity me, all oh, pity, oh, pity. Oh, I'm the victim. You're the victim, bitch. Shut the fuck up. Um, so then, Sean also confessed, um, but his confession was a little different. He said he committed the murders because, like you heard before, he was scared yeah. of his cousin. He said Kazo had made threats towards him and his family, especially Sean's sister and his one-month-old nephew. Um, Sean's confession did change throughout the time he was being interrogated, though. At first, he protected his cousin, um, and then, I'm assuming out of fear, and it wasn't until Sean's mom came into the room and was like, no, protect yourself, that he confessed to his part in the murders as well as Cosmo's part in the murders. Okay. So, um... Now we can kind of talk about the trial, um, which is my favorite part to talk about. So, um, unfortunately, Cosmo pussied out and pled guilty. Of course. Um, so he, I'm, I'm glad he did so the families didn't have to sit through a trial facing yeah. their son's murderer. But at the same time, like, he was spared from the death penalty. Mm-hmm. So he pleaded guilty um, to a myriad of crimes, not even a year after committing the murders. The murders happened in July of 2017. He pled guilty in May of 2018. Okay. Not even a year. And I wrote, I found the, I found the, um, what's it called? The, the docket sheet. Cause mm-hmm. that's, uh, it's open to public in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, so I wrote down all of his charges. It was like a long list. So he pleaded guilty to four counts of criminal homicide, one count of conspiracy to commit criminal homicide, three counts of robbery in the first degree. And when it's in the first degree, it's because the offender caused serious bodily injury while committing the robbery. If it, if that doesn't happen, then it's robbery in the second degree. Um, one count of conspiracy to commit robbery in the first degree, four counts of abuse of a corpse, one count of conspiracy to commit abuse of a corpse, and two possession of weapons charges, which I'm assuming are the charges from earlier in the year. Okay. Um, now, if someone's charged with conspiracy to commit a crime, it means that the person essentially planned and agreed to commit this crime with another person. So that's all of Cosmo's charges. Wow. Once he pleaded guilty, he was sentenced to four consecutive life sentences. Um, I tried to figure out how long a life sentence is in PA. I saw anywhere from 25 to 50 years. Okay. Um, but it said there's no, like, definitive, like, 30 years is a life sentence. Because okay. I know some yeah. states, like, it can be, like, thir- 25 to 30 years is a life sentence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, but everything I read essentially said he's going to rot in prison. Beautiful. Which is good, because what he fucking that's deserves. What, that's what um, should happen here. Because yeah. even though, like, I would love for him to be killed, like, he like he killed Tom Mayo. Yeah. As long as he's rotting in fucking prison. Because mm-hmm. he went to prison when he was, I think, 22. No. 21, 22. Wow. So he will be in there for the rest of his yeah. fucking life. Good. And to my knowledge, he's still there. Um, well, he I know he is still there. Um, I, like I said, I looked at the, the docket mm-hmm. sheet. And apparently, because when you look at docket sheets, they update it every time there is a motion filed in court. He trialed to file a motion, like, pretty recently to decrease the amount of fines he has to pay the court because apparently he couldn't afford it. There were, like, $45,000 worth of fees. However, his parents have money. Yeah. But the court denied it. They were like, good. nah, bitch, you pay no. those fucking fines. Oh, good. Because so. it's like, you could pay the portion of your million-dollar bail. Mm-hmm. You can absolutely pay exactly. your court fees. And you're, and you're in jail for the rest of your life. So yeah, even like, if that means you have to work in the kitchen and pay 10 cents yeah. a day, guess Go what? Ahead, you're going to do, do it. it. Like, have fun, honey. Yeah. You deserve it. Nobody has you deserve to be broke. Yeah. Fuck you. No one cares about your problems. So then, uh, exactly. So then Sean, on the other hand, did not plead guilty, so he went to trial. Okay. His trial was actually in Doylestown at the wow. county courthouse, because okay. that's where the county courthouse is located. Um, he refused wild. to testify in his own his own trial, mm-hmm. and apparently his lawyers tried to subpoena Cosmo to testify, but Cosmo also refused. 
which if you refuse a subpoena, you can be held in contempt of court. I haven't found, I didn't find anything yeah. that gave, that gave a, um, punishment for him not testifying. Yeah, he's already in jail. So exactly. I, I think they were kind of like, yeah. eh, like, slap yeah. on the wrist, whatever, you're already in yeah. jail for, like, with your shithead. Um... The jury heard testimony from the victim's family members as well as video footage of Kratz confessing to the police about the crimes. His defense attorneys tried to paint um, Sean as a low-level, um, someone with a low IQ who was scared of his cousin, so he did everything under duress. Okay. On the other hand, the prosecution said while this might be true that he had a low IQ and mm -hmm. he was scared of his cousin, he had multiple opportunities to call for help or get out of the situation. So, ultimately, in the end, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole after the district attorney, Matt Weintraub, um, consulted the victim's family and decided to against trying him for the death penalty. He talked to the families, and they were like, don't worry about it. We'd rather him make sure, we'd rather him make sure he's in jail yeah. than have a chance of, like, it not happening. Yeah. That's um, fair. Yeah, so uh, Sean will serve his life sentence and will also add up to an, up to max, so his life sentence without parole and another 36 years on top of that, maximum, for other crimes he was other crimes he was charged with, like the robbery, nice. abuse of a corpse, and conspiracy crimes. Good. So that's pretty much all I have about the fucking shitheads who did it. Okay. Now I feel like we should give some time to the victims because they were men who deserved to have to have mm -hmm. a gorgeous life mm -hmm. and it was snuffed out too quick. Yeah. I might get emotional because this made me yeah. very emotional. I have like two you or three whole pages. Cry. Probably, yeah. Rude. Yeah. Okay. So we'll talk about Jimmy first. I kind of went in order of how they were killed. So. Okay. Jimmy was born in 1998 in Doylestown. Um, he was raised and cared for by his maternal grandparents, like I said before, mm -hmm. due to his mother's battle with schizophrenia. Um, she was a part of his life as a child. Um, there was no pictures of her release because I don't think she wanted her. Yeah. Everything was blurred out in pictures of her. But um, Jimmy's biological father was never in the picture. Okay. Um, he was brought home straight from Doylestown Hospital where he was born to Sharon and Rich Patrick's home in Newtown, PA the day he, after he was born. Um, a few months after bringing home baby Jimmy, his grandmother asked her husband if they should just adopt Jimmy themselves. Mm -hmm. And apparently Rich Patrick's response was, how could we give him up now? He's our son. Which like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. His grandparents remember him as being a well-behaved child. They said he had a mop of blonde hair that was always messy because he was always running around. Um, and his grandmother called him her soulmate. She said that they, um, like, crushed my heart into a million pieces. Yeah. Like, literally kill me. Um, they would love to joke around with one another. They would play pranks on each other. They'd spray each other with silly string. And there were some times she said that when it was snowing and he was coming home from high school or school, she'd wait with snowballs to throw at him from after he got home from school. I know. So cute. Um, oh he he often was talked about by his friends in high school and college in a very positive manner. A friend once recounted how he took apart another friend's bed in college, <laughs> and then brought it to the kitchen and put it all together to play a prank on him. Right? I I like laugh my ass off when I heard that. And he apparently was just he was just a prankster. He loved yeah. to play jokes. He was a funny guy. Like you know, and He's everyone nice everyone loved it, and everyone seemed to love him. Um, he went to high school at Holy Ghost Preparatory School, which is in Ben, ben Salem, where he was a year behind Cosmo. Um, Jimmy's grandmother had remembered knowing Cosmo's name because she said it was a unique name. And mm -hmm. so at the time, Jimmy had begun selling sneakers online in high school to gain more income. Yeah. When uh, his grandmother asked him how he knew how to do that, he replied that Cosmo taught him how to. And like I said, she remembered the name because of how unique it was. Um, once he graduated, once Jimmy graduated Holy Holy Ghost, he attended uh, Loyola University in Maryland on a fifty thousand dollars scholarship. Wow. He was um, a budding entrepreneur. He studied business, and his friends and family often talk about how well he was doing in college, just as he had done in high school. Um, he worked a part time job at a restaurant, and at the time of the death, he was 
home from his freshman year in college. Um, like I said before, I found a few sources that painted Jimmy as a partier and one that said he had been kicked out of college for drug use, but I don't think that's true. Yeah, um, I mean, all college kids experiment yeah. at least once, and yeah. I think going to Cosmos, I think the fact that he went to Cosmos Farm to buy that much weed made him out to be more of a partier than he yeah. was. Well, um, also, like, there is still the possibility that Cosmos just bullshitting and being mm -hmm. a liar, and that he, it, from the start, he was only buying $800 worth of anything exactly. and knew that, and instead of just, like, and decided to spin it exactly. into this weird narrative of, like, Oh, it was kind of money-motivated, yeah. but it wasn't. Because, like, yeah. Because at the end of the day, Sean wasn't there for Jimmy's murder. It was just Cosmo. Yeah, and, like, so. Jimmy, for, I don't know. Like, if you're just, like, a regular dude, why would you need $8,000 worth exactly. of weed? Exactly. Like, and how would he get $8,000 anyways? He exactly. knows he doesn't have $8,000. Exactly. And, like, if there if there's anything that said that he was into, like, more hardcore drugs, I really couldn't find anything. It doesn't sound good. Yeah, so overall, Jimmy was, like, a sweet guy. He was working, you know, he was a really sweet guy. Um, so the next next victim was Dean Finicaro. Um, he was born on December 18th, 1997. He was born to parents Donnie and Anthony Finicaro. Um, they said from a young age he was always outdoors and loved skateboarding with his older brother Anthony. Um, like from a young, young age. So I'm imagining like three-year-old toddler Dean like putzing around on a little skateboard That's with his brother, cute. right? Oh um, he, they uh, said he was fearless and could be seen... Um, when he was older, summer uh, j jumping off cliffs into water during the summer or riding bikes around his neighborhood in Langhorn. Mm. Um, Dean, when Dean was seven, his brother, his father brought father bought both him and his older brother dirt bikes, and then Dean like immediately fell in love. Uh, his dad used to joke that it was um, all Dean ever wanted to do, and that if he had known that's all Dean wanted to do, he would have never bought him that damn bike. <laughs> like, that was Aww. the exact quote. Um, so it seemed like Dean was an active kid, but not only riding his dirt bike, but also playing ice hockey like his older brother had. Um, so it seemed like he followed along his older brother's footsteps, like, religiously. Um, he did go through some tough times. He had some run-ins with the police, often for drug charges and a DUI, like I yeah. mentioned earlier. Um, the police officer who reported to the Finnecara home after taking, to take the Mr. Missing Person report had actually been an officer that had to deal with Dean in the past. And like okay. I said before, it made his parents worry whether or not she was yeah. going to take the report seriously. Thankfully she did. Okay, Because she knew him enough that, like, yeah. he wouldn't just up and leave. Oh, good. That makes me really happy because I yeah. know we'll definitely talk about it in a lot of different cases, but, like, the concept of some people being considered less dead mm -hmm. always really, really upsets me. Yeah. So thankfully she took it seriously. Um, in the months leading up to his murder, literally within like six months, he, um, what was it? He did it. He said he saw his son to turn his life around. He got a pit bull puppy named Ace. And the, the picture I'm going to post on the Instagram was a picture of Dean with the pit bull puppy. Um, he began working at an ice cream shop, not too far from his home, often working there 50 hours a week. The ice cream shop he worked at, I've actually been to. I, I actually was there. Yeah. I've been to the ice cream shop before. Um, cause it was in Levittown. I think it was. Um, customers really enjoyed his presence, and then in a Philadelphia Inquirer mag uh, or article about him, it said that a little girl recognized his picture on the news when he went missing. She obviously didn't know the news, but she remembered him from being the best moon bounce leader from the customer appreciation um, day that his job has had. So she, she called him the best moon bounce leader she's ever had. Yeah. Right? Um, and then he seemed to be turning his life around, and um, something else I found really funny and kind of really sad was that his favorite quote was, love the life you live, live the life you love. And one day he came home with it tattooed on his left arm in big letters. His mom freaked out and was like, that's a tattoo, what the hell? <laughs> um, but now that he's gone, she actually has the same thing tattooed on her arm on the same spot, but in a smaller print. It's just like broke my heart. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. 
Um, like I actually cried out. You weren't yeah. you weren't here when I was researching. Yeah. I was listening to music and I just started sobbing, um, especially after hearing about how they feel living their life now that their son is gone. His mom, this is the final thing I'm gonna talk about. Dean, his mom says she can't go into the garage or buy milk because when she goes into the garage, she sees her gas can and every time she picks it up, it's full and it used to never be full because Dean would use it for his dirt bike and she can't buy milk because he used to love sitting at the table eating Oreos and milk. Like that literally like. <laughs> Broke, <laughs> broke my oh heart, my and we still have two more kids to get through. <laughs> this to me. I, you know, because I feel like those little yeah. those little details matter. Like, it does. like, and they made it such a big point of saying these things about their yeah. sons that, like, like we said before, we want to tell these stories through a victim's lens. Like, they deserve to have their yeah. story told. Everyone deserves to know, like these guys, the little like, intricacies of them. Yeah, and that their families are always going to be missing them forever. Mm -hmm. Like, in our household, we always describe it whenever we have a loss uh, in our family is an empty chair. Mm -hmm. And, like, for us, it's always like that, that it's, like, when, like, my great-grandfather passed, like, we literally do have his Mm -hmm. recliner chair at Mm -hmm. my parents' house, and every time you see it, like, just sitting there and, like, Mm -hmm. looking at that empty chair, you just can't handle it Mm -hmm. because that person's gone. Exactly. And I can't imagine, like, these poor people, like, having their their sons, their grandson ripped from them Mm -hmm. in that way. Exactly. So... Yeah, that was that was really um ouch. that was rough. Yeah, ouch. <laughs> so Mark, we'll talk about Mark Sturgis next. Um, he was born on November twentieth, nineteen ninety four, to Amy Sturgis King and Mark Potash when Amy was only fifteen. Okay. Um, due to this, they moved around a lot, but it didn't really bother Mark. Um, his mom said he was always a really big kid physically, but he also was a was a, had a huge heart and was very emotionally mature. Um, he, uh, people often called him a teddy bear because of how sweet he was to the people around him. The story's going to break your heart. <laughs> um, and all the information I'm getting about the victims, the Philadelphia Inquirer did a very good article on each one, like four mm-hmm. separate articles on each one of the victims to okay. talk about them. Um, so that's where I got all this information from. Um, his mom told a story about him when he was in first grade and how he brought her a broken flower pot for Mother's Day. She had asked him what happened, and he said when he was leaving school, he saw a classmate drop his flower pot and started crying. So Mark went over to him, helped him pick up the pieces, and he switched pots with the kid because Mark knew his mom would be happier with a broken flower pot and so proud of him for doing something nice for somebody else. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> like, this kid oh was such a sweetheart. So and this was when he was in first grade. So, baby, he's like six. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. And so, um, I couldn't really find a lot about Mark. There wasn't a lot of information um, on the article. But I found that he went to school in Ben Salem, and once he graduated, he spent a year in Florida with his um, mom's parents, where he played guitar in a band. Um, he loved the Eagles football team and also loved hanging out with Thomas Mayo, the fourth victim, but also his best friend. Um, both of them end up working for Mark's dad in his construction company, and he told his dad he wanted to get good at the work so he could help his mom and his stepfather fix up their home in Maryland. Because he, want, like, yeah. he wanted to do it for them. Um, he seemed like a really sweet person, always breaking up fights and consoling them close to him. It was um, His mom also said he often protected Tom Mayo because even though Tom was an ex-wrestler, he was very small. Yeah. And Mayo was like the muscle. So it was like, it was like a, <laughs> yeah. um, in, in the best way possible, like a George and a Lenny kind of that, that dynamic where they're so yeah. close. Like not saying that yeah. Mark was not intellectually, yeah. all, like he was yeah. not intellectually was disabled. Just the like, size Tom, difference. Yeah. Um, his mom talked about how now that she feels that he's gone, um, she... 
uh, talked about how she feels now that he's gone. She can't make his favorite mac and cheese anymore because it reminds her too much of him. And sometimes if she sees a movie trailer that she thinks he would like, she'll instinctively reach for her phone to text him. Um, and she also wishes that he would have been alive to see his beloved Eagles win the Super Bowl. Just break my fucking heart. Except for, like, I'm, I'm not about the Eagles. Sorry, I didn't grow up here. I'm not about y'all team. I'm not about sports. But, but yeah, and, and oh she apparently God. was saying that him and his dad talked yeah. about the Conor McGregor Mayweather fight. Yeah. And they were, like, he was rooting on um, the person who didn't win. I don't know who won. But know. he was rooting yeah. on the person who didn't, who didn't win. Sports. Yeah. yeah, sports. Yeah, he loved touchdowns. Yeah. Hit that ball. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we'll go to Tom Mayo. Um he was born on January 30th, 1996, to his mother, Melissa, I'm just going to say Melissa Mayo, but it's like Fratanduono something Mayo. Okay. Um, he was the oldest of three and the only boy. Um, he always loved his family and always made time for them. When um, he was younger, his mom said that they would cuddle on the couch and watch movies, and then, you know, as he grew up, he would still make sure he t- made time for his mom. They would often go out to breakfast on little mom-son breakfast dates, because he was, he was her only boy, and he was the first, he was the baby, he was the first boy, or the first person at all, person, or first baby, baby in the family. Um, he often goofed around a lot with his younger siblings, and um, Gabriella, who's one of his younger, younger sisters, was nine years younger than him, would confide in him all the time. And they were, like, best friends. And this is actually really, really sad because she was the last person in the family to see him alive because before he went out with Mark to meet Cosmo, he stopped by and and sat at his dinner table and had a bowl of mint chocolate chip ice cream with her. Ouch. Okay, that really hit me hard because, like, also, I... Because our family is so strange. Mm -hmm. Like, we just have always kind of helped raise each other, like, Mm -hmm. not only, like, within our family but our larger family. So... Mm -hmm. My parents did really help be a huge part in my... Biologically, he's my uncle, my mom's youngest brother. Mm-hmm. But to me, he is... I've always looked at him as an older brother to me. He's mm-hmm. nine years older than me. Mm-hmm. He has always been... Like, when I was little, he was my best friend. He was, like, the coolest person in the world. There's nobody that I... Still to this day, mm-hmm. I think he hung the moon. Like, mm-hmm. any person who knows me You talk knows, about him... In the highest regard. He can do no wrong. Yeah, no. There's literally nothing he can ever Mm -hmm. do wrong. He knows he does wrong. Everyone else knows he does wrong. And then there's me just like, no, he's perfect. No, he's good. He's great. No, he's perfect. He's everything. Like, what do you Mm -hmm. mean? He's the best dude in the whole world. This poor man at 22 took me and three other 14-year-olds to a Black Veil Brides concert and had to sit as I'm sitting there crying excitedly that Andy Beersack spit on me. (laughs) And he's just sitting there literally like, it was so fucking funny. We're driving in the car to this uh, concert and he's like, oh, I never heard their music. One of my friends had the CD. He was like, all right, put it in. Let's like listen to it. And he literally just looks at me super deadpan and is like, I think I just threw up in my mouth. Like, love him. He hated this. This was the it. worst. But he took four 14-year-old girls I to a it. concert, all because he just loves me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. That, I would absolutely mm-hmm. just... Oh, so no. then, um, like I said before, his mom said that when he wasn't at either of his jobs, either working a construction with Mark, or he worked at um, the Liberty Gas Station in Doylestown. Wow. He worked really? there. Oh yeah, because we worked... That the other day. We worked very... We worked very mm-hmm. close... Yeah. We worked both very close to that gas station. Yeah. So he worked there. When he wasn't at those jobs, he was either with his girlfriend or with Sturgis or with his family. Um, Mark and Tom were inseparable, and Tom's mom said they could finish each other's thoughts. That's how close they were. Um, he cared a lot about his friends and his family, and on his one of his last days at the gas station, he was asking people, like, they were just sitting around, it was a little slow, and he was like, you know, what makes you guys the happiest? Yeah. And they were saying, like, oh, money, my car... 
Tom said it was his friends and his family that made him the happiest. Um, and so he went to Ben Salem High School along with Mark. Once he graduated, he went to Stroudsburg University for a year and then dropped out, wanting to figure out his plan for a life. And he eventually fell in love with the construction work, which is led him what led him yeah. to working with Mark. Um, and that's pretty much all I could find about Tom Mayo. But those mm-hmm. are all the, that's the story of, you know, yeah. Jimmy Patrick, Mark Sturgis, Dean Finicaro, and Thomas Mayo, whose lives were snuffed out the way too short. beautiful people. Oh my yeah. God, so pure. Like, mm-hmm. not one of them could I think of as any person that is mm-hmm. anything other than deserving of, like, the most amount of happiness yeah. in life. And it was snuffed out by just and, one person and even, just being a shithead. And even Dean's dad was quoted as saying something along the lines of, like, you know, I know my son wasn't, a, he wasn't a goody two-shoot, but he was a good guy. Yeah. Like, it didn't matter. And his family, like, Dean's family were completely okay with him having all these troubles because at the end of the day, they supported him. Mm-hmm. And even Dean's dad said, which I forgot to mention, um, the day that he went out with Cosmo, <laughs> Dean's, ooh, excuse me, Dean's dad was in the basement doing laundry, and Dean's dad was like, I wish I wouldn't have been doing laundry because if, mm-hmm. uh, if I wouldn't have been doing laundry, Cosmo would have seen my face yeah. out that door and seen him yeah. taking my son to the farm. Like, he would have seen me as he was taking my son away from me. However, like, I completely understand, like, he says that he mm-hmm. regrets that, that he but, I'm, but yeah. I'm so glad he didn't, because I could not imagine having to live the rest of my life with that haunting, mm-hmm. like, image of someone leading my child to death. Exactly. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, so that's oh. the um, Bucks County Murders of he 2017. Just, like, killed my heart So I thought so. Your case was horrific yeah. because yeah. of how horrific it was, and mine yes. was horrific. But mine, like, I think, be, I, I think because of how close I was to it, I mm-hmm. wanted to, you know, I hope that I did those boys justice because they are, they deserve to be talked about. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they are still talked mm-hmm. about to this day. Like, I think about them every single time I pass by that farm because mm-hmm. I drive from where we live now. I drive past that farm every single time I go to my parents' house. Every single time, I look at it and I think to myself, like. God bless those boys. Like, I'm not religious, but God bless those boys and, like, fuck Cosmo, DiNardo, and Sean Kratz. The only thing that I can think of that, like, is in any way slightly comforting is at least, like, like, Tom and Mark don't have to live without each other. (sighs) You just stop. You're gonna make me cry. I could not imagine, like... We haven't become extremely close since the minute we met. I could not imagine living my life without you. Like, Stop. Oh, my, oh God. my God. You're like, going to make me cry. Anytime I said, like, because, like, although, like, obviously, like, we're roommates. We mm-hmm. live together. We love living together. But there will be a day when we won't. Mm-hmm. Like, that always makes me a little sad yeah. when I sit there and think about, like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. I'm going to have a day that I'm not going to come home and be able to shout dumb shit at Tori for, yeah. like, no reason. Seriously. Like, that one yeah. hurts me a little bit. Yeah. But, oh, my God. I mm-hmm. This... I thank you. I applaud you. That was amazing. Thank but you. also, like, I knew going into this, you kept telling me, like, this is gonna rip your <laughs> fucking heart. And I was like, bitch, don't do that. Like, don't do that to me. I know you're gonna. But you absolutely did. I'm, I, like I said, I came into this case knowing absolutely mm-hmm. nothing about it. But now this will, like, forever stick in mm-hmm. my brain, will mm-hmm. be in my heart. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So, you know, it that's a, so like I said, that's the case of the Bucks County murders in 2017. Um, mm-hmm. My first case, apparently, yeah. it was a doozy for the first one. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> the, we're talking about the Lost Boys of Bucks County, and yeah. I'm just sitting there, like, absolutely decimated. <laughs> like, Jesus. Yep. Exactly. So. Oh. 
you know, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed the, the episode. Yeah, um, like I said, I think we're going to probably upload on Mondays. Um, the next case will be for will be Tay's case. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yes. yeah. And I will be covering a case that I'm sure many people are very much talking about or interested in right now. I'm going to be cover- covering the murder of Betty Gore. Uh, so the Candy Montgomery case. Um, if anyone is interested in before we cover this case, sitting down and watching all five episodes of Candy on Hulu, I highly recommend mm-hmm. it. Uh, that is why I decided to do this case was because I watched the show, absolutely loved it, thought it was amazing, and then mm-hmm. was like, I can't get this out of my brain. I need to know absolutely mm-hmm. everything about it. So, of course, being me, mm-hmm. I research absolutely everything about it. Love it. To tell you the ridiculous story that I'm going to tell I you next that. week. I love um, that. But thank you guys so very much mm-hmm. for staying with us. I hope mm-hmm. you guys continue to listen to us mm-hmm. and continue to follow us. So, if you would like to follow us or anything like that, you can follow us on Instagram at Figures in the Dark. You can follow us on Twitter at Figures in the Dark, but dark spelled D R K because Twitter sucks. <laughs> and on Facebook, uh, Figures in the Dark. Yep. You can also <laughs> like us on there. Send us like messages, mm-hmm. like any kind of comments. We're totally about it. Like, if you guys want to send us suggestions, mm-hmm. absolutely, please do. And if you want to send us any case suggestions, any of your stories, because we absolutely want to tell your mm-hmm. guys' stories, if you have any kind of, like, spooky encounters, mm-hmm. close encounters, anything mm-hmm. like that, please mm-hmm. feel free to send us an email at... Figuresinthedarkpodcast <laughs> at gmail.com. Yes. Um, and so with that, thank you for listening. And as always, beware of the figures in the dark. Bye! Bye.